Hello and welcome to the Chronic Living Podcast, your need-to-know source for living with a chronic illness or disability. I'm your host, Alex Pappas, and I'll be sharing my experiences living with a chronic illness, as well as inviting others on to share their stories. So join me in shining a light on the world that is chronic living. Alright guys, so today we're going to talk about how living with a chronic illness or disability can affect your social life. I'm going to be sharing my experiences over the years and kind of how my social life has changed. Um, so I was diagnosed at 17, so I was just out of high school, just had graduated, and that summer I got diagnosed with colitis. First I thought it was kind of food poisoning, just lasted a little bit too long, and went kind of just straight into trying out different medications. Now, at 17, I can't say I had a super active social life. I mean, I had a pretty good group of friends. Um, and then I had some coworkers that I would hang out with at kind of like work events. Maybe, you know, you finish up for the day. It's early or, you know, Friday or something. You guys go <clears throat> go out for like drinks or go get some food together, whatever it may be. Um, so I didn't have a super massive social group, mostly because I moved around a ton. So I kind of had a select few friends. Um, and then some people I'd hang out with through school. Um, getting diagnosed with it, especially colitis itself at the beginning, was a massive shock to the system. So my kind of routine, because I'm, I'm a very habitual person. I had my little habits. I have my little routine. I like going through a, you know, a rhythm. If I go into work at a certain time, I want to, you know, I go in early, get food, sit down, eat my lunch, and get ready for the day. And that's that's kind of how I approach a lot of my days. I like having a rhythm. And colitis threw off that rhythm a lot. You know, if I normally go out and hang out with friends and we'll go get food, I mean, shit, as a teenager, half of the stuff that you go eat, energy drinks, fast food, like, can't do any of that anymore so at first it kind of started out as first couple of months of colitis was wasn't feeling good so didn't hang out with any friends didn't go to like the drive-in movies didn't go to the movie theater itself didn't go to the beach with anybody didn't really do anything one because of the lack of energy from a colitis acting up two worrying about finding the closest restroom um and three not wanting to take the time to explain why I couldn't do a lot of things that I used to do. And usually just use the excuse, well, I'm starting a new medication, trying to get my medications down right. I'll let you guys know. So the first probably year or so, I was definitely pulled back a lot when it comes to kind of that social interaction with my friends. Wasn't going out as much if we'd normally go and hang out three times a week it might get cut down to once every other week and that was just a combination of things um and it came down to really kind of a lack of communication to my friends as far as what was going on i wasn't explaining hey how i was feeling wasn't explaining what colitis itself was kind of just left it as like a bad stomach bug that i just stuck with forever um didn't really explain how the medications were affecting me. Didn't really explain, you know, how often I was going to the doctors. I kind of was embarrassed to talk about a lot of it with my friends and just came up with excuses as to why I couldn't hang out, even though there might have been a legitimate reason. And that is 
kind of one of the big things and it, and it still affects things now because I am a lot more open about my colitis. A lot of people that I'm around or work with friends, they, they all know I have colitis, but there's still certain things you don't necessarily want to be like, hey, I don't want to do that because this, or I don't want to do that because I don't know where the nearest bathroom is, or hey, I'd love to come to a cookout, but I don't want to be the only person there not eating because I don't know if it's going to bother me or not. And that's, God, that is one of the worst things, by the way. Like, I hate, absolutely hate when I'm trying to hang out with someone new or someone even that I've been friends with. And they invite me to, like, a a family event. That's, like, the worst thing ever. Because when it comes to colitis, like, I don't want to eat something and then not finish eating it or just not be able to eat it and make them feel bad or, or insult somebody because I didn't like their food when it really comes down to, oh, this food is amazing. I am absolutely going to pay for this later. A hundred percent. Like this is going to destroy my anus. And that's kind of what it comes down to with a lot of social events is you really want to go do things, you know, you get invited to some really cool things, especially food stuff. Like I'm a big food person and the amount of things that I can't try or don't want to try because I don't want to risk causing issues with my colitis, it's really a problem. You know, if I go to a family function and I get invited to some someone else's family, like a close friend, I get invited to a family function of theirs, I don't want to be the rude person that doesn't eat anything or, you know, I don't want to throw anybody off just because I have colitis. So it's, it's one of those things. Do you want to risk insulting or bothering someone because you're not eating their food you're not trying something you're not willing to do something that you know could directly affect your colitis or your Crohn's or whatever it may be or do you want to risk it just so you can go to the social event and a lot of the times it comes down to it's it's I'd prefer not to risk it like it'd be nice if I could just communicate hey you know, I'd love to try your food or it's great. I just, I know it's going to bother my stomach, but it doesn't, not everybody's open to that. You know, you might have a good friend that understands it, but their family members might not understand it. Or you might just not want to explain it to their family members. You know, it's depending on what you have going on, depending on your, your kind of circle, you don't always need to explain it to everybody. So it's, it's kind of that balance of, kind of figuring out who you can talk about stuff with and even I mean even when it's an all the time thing I still feel weird because it's like I don't want other people to have to cater to the fact that I have a broken stomach you know but I also don't want to be the weird one that's not like just sitting in the corner fucking twiddling my thumbs at the table while everybody else is eating um or oh god or bringing my own like snack or something so i don't a safe snack it just feels to, to me it still feels weird even if you explain it so that's definitely you know kind of the the social gathering aspect of it um another thing that really comes down to it and that's that's always been a problem is planning out events where you don't know where the bathrooms are like think about your favorite thing to do if you have colitis or Crohn's, you know where the closest bathroom is. If you don't have a digestive disease, it doesn't matter to you. You don't, I mean, you can go hiking in the middle of the woods for six hours and it's not a problem because you don't have to go to the bathroom. Or, you know, you could 
take a piss behind a tree or something. It's not a big deal. But when you have Crohn's and colitis, especially when it's acting up, if it's 15 minutes away, well, I need to know where there's two bathrooms on the way there in multiple places. Not only does there have to be a bathroom there, I also need to know where I can stop on the way in case that drive is too far for me. Maybe I hit traffic. Maybe it takes longer. Maybe my stomach's acting up. Or the horrible option is, well, I know I'm doing something social today. I'm not going to eat anything. And maybe I'm going to pop some Imodium because Imodium stops you from having, you know, going more often. But you can also kind of back yourself up with it. If you're constipated, you don't have to go to the bathroom, um, which dehydrates you and causes other problems. So it's this, it's this horrible balance between, well, if I go somewhere, there needs to be a public restroom readily available. So that excludes like most of the cool places you can go, especially me. Like I do nature photography on the side as like a hobby and I want to get more into like the mountains and some of those more remote cool places that you can take nature photography where you're just kind of on your own and you get to enjoy the nature aspect of it. That's a challenge. If I got to take a two hour hike to get there, like that's, that's a problem. That is definitely a problem. So those, those kind of things really play into it is like, you know, where's the nearest bathroom? Is it an, is it an activity that you're going to be hanging out with your friends or maybe not going to the bathroom's easiest? If you're going over someone's house to swim in the pool, well, now you're soaking wet. You got to dry off to go into the bathroom like you might not have enough time to if your stomach's really acting up or if you're going to the movies god the movies is a horrible thing when colitis is acting up like i already have to stop during the movies at least once to go take a piss because fluids go right through me and of course you know you get the biggest soda you possibly can when you go to the movies and the way i drink it is usually gone in the first like 20 minutes so you know i'm going to the bathroom at least once to go take a piss but when your colitis is acting up and you gotta go to the bathroom like every half hour and it's like a two-hour movie like you're in the bathroom for good chunks of the movie you come back and you're like what the hell happened the movie you've never seen you're like well everybody was okay and now everybody's dead or okay they were cruising along what happened to the like everybody else or watching a horror movie you start with two people and like what they're gone or they found more people like you just it's it's not a fun thing during movies even like a drive-in movie theater where it's a little less um i guess intrusive to go to the bathroom because the movie theaters i like i hate sitting in a row in the middle because i like sitting in the middle because you know you're middle of the screen <clears throat> and the worst thing is like if i have to go to the bathroom i hate climbing over people to get out so when i'm going to the bathroom three or four times during the movie i hate being that asshole in my mind, that has to climb over these people to go to the bathroom. It's perfectly reasonable as why you have to, but they don't understand why and makes me feel like a horrible person because I'm inconveniencing them, which is a horrible way to look at it. But just those kind of things, the thing, the thoughts that you have in your own head that kind of prevent you from doing things. And I know now that kind of my colitis is for the most part under control, um, and I don't have to worry about those things as much. Those kind of thoughts don't really bother me. Um, and I don't focus on those things. Well, at least going to the bathroom during the movie theater is a ton. Um, but you really, it, it kind of, looking at it in a different perspective, it, it, it is a pain. Um, and it does suck. 
especially, you know, for all these activities where you can't even be around a bathroom. Like a movie theater has a bathroom in it. Going to Dave and Buster's has a bathroom. Like there's a lot of things you can do if you go into, you know, laser tag or the roller rink or, you know, a game, a local gaming shop or you go on a Friday night magic, whatever it is, a lot of those places have a bathroom, so it's not a problem. But for people that don't do those kind of activities, you really got to think about it. Going to the park and going on a three-mile hike. Walking three miles back takes a while. You got to go to the bathroom. You're not making it three miles back. You're not making it one mile back, let alone three. And three-mile hike's a small hike. If I want to go up and I want to do like an all-day event kind of thing, I want to... Rem- you know, hike out to some of these remote places with like waterfalls or up the side of a mountain to get some really cool shots. Like you don't have as much of an option with colitis except doing things like not eating all day, which isn't good for your metabolism, especially when you're burning all these calories and you're hiking up the side of a mountain. That's really bad. Um, even eating small things can still bother your stomach or still make you have to go to the bathroom. So it's like, well, let me use Imodium. Well, Imodium just dehydrates you so you don't have to go to the bathroom as much. So that's a whole other issue. Now you're dehydrated. So it's things like that that kind of have affected me in my social life. Um, having to kind of worry about where all the bathrooms are. And then one of the things that kind of comes into play is, you know, all these things that prevent you from wanting to do things with your friends. At a point, you stop getting invites. You know, when you go out and hang out with your friends on a regular basis beforehand, and now you only do it every other week, or maybe not even that much because you're telling no all the time, they just stop asking you. A lot of people and a lot of people in your social group, especially, you know, if you're newer to kind of a chronic illness or a disease that you don't want to explain it to everyone or even if they understand they just stop asking you because they assume it's always the same answer so even if they fully understand what's going on they just get tired of asking and tired of getting no so it can affect a lot of your social life um and unfortunately i've found your social circle kind of does get smaller and you have to find those people that are really accepting of you and really kind of understand and are okay with it usually the people that have either you know a condition of their own or a family member that has some sort of issues or that is in one of the fields that helps people with these um health conditions so someone like a nurse or a doctor um they're a little more understanding so they're kind of a better social circle to have and i have some really good friends that i just we're all on the same page and they understand kind of what can bother it. And, you know, I have some really cool people that are like, Hey, here's, you know, here's what we're doing, or I'm inviting you to this. And by the way, I'm going to have some stuff that I know you can eat there. So you don't have to feel weird about trying some new stuff or, Hey, you know what? We're doing a family get together. We're doing some social stuff. Bring a couple dishes of your own that you can kind of make and that, you know, are okay. That way you're just not just kind of sitting there. Or, hey, they plan something out and they know where all the bathrooms are or whatever it may be. You know, I definitely have some of those super chill people in my life that are really good about that kind of stuff. And they're harder to find, which does suck. Um, So, you know, you kind of really have to reevaluate your social group when 
if you're, you're like newly diagnosed with something, or even if you've been diagnosed with something for a long time and you're just not, it's just not working. You know, the people around you just aren't helpful. They're just kind of not on the right, um, right mental level, I guess. Right. Or no maturity level. That's, that's what we're going to be. Cause it does, you know, it takes a little bit of effort, extra effort from them to plan things out or to do things with you. But you know, depending on how your personality is, it can can add a lot to everything. Like, I'm a really fun person to be around, but not everybody gets to experience that because not everybody wants to put up with those kind of extra steps that it takes to be around me as a person, which sucks because I definitely would like to hang out with more people. Um, but they're just definitely not right for it. So it comes down to finding the right people that understand what you're dealing with. Um, they're willing to kind of accept that, understand it, and make the changes that they need to to kind of keep you around. And I think one of the big things when it comes to that social interaction is finding the people that do accept it. Because those people that don't accept it and that push you to do things that you know are not okay for whatever you're dealing with, they're not your friends. They either are, you know, kind of using you for entertainment for themselves or they want to see how much they can push you and kind of put you through that kind of level of suffering. So don't really hang out with those kind of people. And as hard as it is, kind of filter those people out of your social group. Um, I think one of the one of the one things that I, I absolutely hate doing is I hate when people ask to go out for drinks, regardless of what it is, because it's with colitis, I don't drink. I don't drink because a lot of the stuff I've tried bothers my colitis. So I just don't do alcohol at all. I don't care what it is. Wine, beer, mixed drinks, hard drinks, nothing. I don't, I don't mess with it. And that, that's another kind of another one where if you have that wrong social group, they'll push you to kind of go do that all the time. I used to have a lot of that. Well, come on, get a drink. Oh, it's just one. Like, no. Just one is a problem. Like, I'm not worried about getting drunk. I'm worried about my colitis. I'm worried about having a drink and paying for it for the next two weeks or three weeks or a month. Or maybe it pushes my colitis over that edge bad enough where I have to go to the hospital. So that's one thing that I like. It's just the worst thing I hate being asked is you want to go out for drinks? I don't drink. I will come with you and I will sit with you at a fucking bar and I'll have a soda or I'll have, you know, I'll get a, a milkshake depending on where it is or something. If it's a restaurant, you know, I'll, I'll come out. I'll hang out. I have no problem hanging out. Like I love coming out and doing things. I love socializing with people, but I don't like, don't ask me to do something, you know, I don't want to do. I'll be the designated driver every day of the week. I have no problem with it. I'll come out. I'll be perfectly fine with, you know, hanging out with people that are drinking. I'll do my own thing. I'll drink what I'm drinking. I'm going to like, I'm going to get entertained by everybody else getting drunk. I get a kick out of it. I love, I love watching like my friends and people that I know that are, that I hang out with all the time. I love seeing like kind of that side of them. It's funny. I get in, you know, it's, it's fun. Um, and I'm not going to lie. Some people open up more when they, they start having some drinks. So it's fun actually like seeing what some people think and stuff. So I have no problem being around that. It's just like, I can't, 
I'm not going to drink with you guys. That was always one of the things that just drove me crazy. It's like, I'll come and drink. Well, you can't come out for drinks if you're not drinking. Oh, you're not going to drink? You think, well, no, I'm not going to drink anything, but I'll come hang out with you guys and talk to you guys while you guys are drinking. Have no problem with that. So it's, it has its problems. Um, and thankfully, I don't have any people in my life that are really like that anymore. And um, everybody I work with understands everything, at least enough so that I don't have to justify whether I am or not doing anything. Plus, honestly, most of the people that I work with now are a little older than myself. So they're, they're more mature in general. So they're not like peer pressuring people to drink or do stupid things, which, you know, when you're in your twenties is a very common thing. Um, but yeah, I think it, it really is illness specific you know chronic illness or disability specific what you can and can't do socially but i think the biggest thing that it comes down to is communication it's it's really what it comes down to when it comes to any sort of of illness is communicating with the people around you what is okay what is not okay um and setting that expectation ahead of time and i think doing that off the bat if you're starting to socialize with new people, starting to meet new people, doing that off the bat saves a lot of time. It saves a lot of annoying, you know, moments um, and kind of setting it ahead of time. It just it just makes life so much easier. So socializing doesn't have to be something that you can't do and your social life doesn't have to die. You just definitely need to change the people that are in it if you're new to a, a chronic illness. You definitely need to change how people view things about what you are going to be you know, doing socially. And you have to set those limitations to what you can do socially up front and ahead of time. Don't drop it on someone last minute once you've already agreed to something. You know, when you're making these friends and people that are around you and you want to socialize with them outside of, you know, maybe your work, school or whatever environment you guys are regularly in together, set those expectations, communicate what you can and can't do. And that right off the bat, you'll find out if people are kind of going to respect that. And if people are not willing to do those things to be around you, then you don't need to be around them. Um, as much as kind of a disability or disease or chronic illness can kind of limit you from other people, I also find that it's a really good indicator of how good the person really is. Um, a lot of shitty people won't put in the effort to be around you, which is, in my opinion, perfectly fine because I don't think that's someone I really want in my life. So if you're new to something, if you're new to a disease, if you're new to a disability or chronic illness and just kind of get diagnosed, as much as it sucks that your social life's changing, trust me that it's for the better. Um, and once you kind of get used to the changes and you can understand why it's happening, um, and once you can kind of communicate with people what your expectations are, it's going to get better. It's going to get a lot better and you're going to have a much better social group. And I think those social interactions are going to be that much more fun and leave that much more of a memory because they're going to be on that social level that you're going to be able to handle and enjoy versus kind of that social level that you're just present for, but you don't find a purpose behind. So don't lose hope. I have faith in you guys. Um, 
and it's going to get better. You just have to put those limitations and you have to communicate a little bit as to what you want. Is that give and take. Thank you guys for stopping by for the podcast today. Appreciate your time and always appreciate the support. You guys can take a look in the description of the podcast itself. I'm going to have all the related links for social media accounts uh, to follow and like the podcast itself. I also do appreciate if you guys can leave a rating on iTunes and other sources. That way the podcast kind of gets a little bit more attention in the search bar and a little bit, a little bit further up there. Um, I also will have ways for people to contact and reach out if you have stories or experiences you would like to share. Whether you're living with a chronic illness, a disability, or you have kind of a mental health um, and depression story you want to share and help others with, make sure you guys reach out. Until next time, I appreciate you guys. Have a good one.